What's up and welcome to a special edition of Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. I'm Jonathan Hood. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at WrestlingTWT. Don't forget the YouTube page. Have you subscribed to the YouTube page? Go to Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday and subscribe to the YouTube page. Look for Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Hit that subscribe button and then you can go back and listen to some of my interviews from the past that I have done in professional wrestling slash sports entertainment. We're going to hear from Josh Lopez from ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. I hope that you're supporting Josh. He has been along for the ride this year when it comes to AEW versus NXT. That's what we're going to review. We'll talk about what happened on the 20th of November. Another chapter of AEW versus NXT. If you missed it, I got a chance to interview someone that's a very unique character in the WWE, and that is Lacey Evans of the WWE. Of course, everything is happening in Chicago with SmackDown, with NXT, with the Survivor Series, and with Monday Night Raw. So I got a chance to talk to Lacey Evans. Very interesting interview from her. Slip was in character. I think I got her out of character a little bit as well. Uh, but she was fun to talk to, especially off the air. So uh, if you missed that conversation, it's right there. In the archives of Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday, go back and listen to that. It's also in the description of this podcast. The link is right there if you want to click it. It's a not a long interview. It's just a nice interview to talk about the WWE and what's going on with her career. So it's right there. Lacey Evans from the WWE. Um, boy, I tell you what. It took almost everybody in the company <laughs> in the WWE to be able to finally beat AEW this past Wednesday. They hot shot at the shit out of this show. <laughs> the, the NXT and the WWE did. NXT averaged 916,000 viewers, up 22% from last week, and the best number the show has done against AEW. They did still trail in the important 18-49 to 49 demo with a .30 rating. Um, that was up 20% from last week and tied the November 6th episode for NXT's second best number since the start of the wars. So it would really come down to, according to uh, the Wrestling Observer, NXT, 916,000 viewers, AEW with 893. Uh, that's still a ton. Both shows just trying to get to a million viewers, right? So NXT, 916,000, AEW, 893 on TNT. Um, the AEW show was better in the 18 to 49 demo, 0.39. So they beat the WWE there. Um, that was still good for eighth on the night of the cable. Uh, NXT finished 13th on Wednesday night, and AEW finished eighth. So. AEW was down 9% in the demo and 7% overall in terms of viewers from last week's post-Full Gear episode. No question that NXT had to better show because NXT had to bring everybody out to be able to win that number. Becky Lynch, Seth Rollins, The Revival, people that wasn't not even going to be part of Survivor Series were there at full sale on Wednesday night. So... Let me call Josh Lopez from ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. We'll break down both shows. Uh, once again, two terrific shows, NXT and AEW. We'll talk about it right here on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. We turn now to Josh Lopez from ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. As we do every week, go to the website, ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com, or follow him on Twitter at The Hoots Podcast and get a chance to listen to that podcast as well, The Hoots Podcast. And Josh joins me here, right here on a special edition of Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Hello, Josh. Jonathan Hood, my main man. How's it going? Oh, you know how's it going, pal. You know how's it going. This is this is a big, big weekend once again in Chicago. And Chicago has really been the epicenter of so many big events here in 2019. It's been that way historically, but just it's going to be great. So I need to know your schedule now, okay? So we're talking about SmackDown, NXT, um, Survivor Series, and Raw. How many shows are you going to hit? Before we get to that, you hear that? That's the, uh, the, it's a clicking button. Uh, people are subscribing now. The rating's going off the roof for Hood Lopez <laughs> and Wrestling TWT. <laughs> They're smashing that button right now, pal. Hit that, hit that button, pal. <laughs> um, okay, so this weekend I am actually going to all four shows. Wow. 
I paid uh, for these tickets about four months ago, and I'm glad to say, and humbly can say that I could afford my own wrestling tickets now. Um, for those, for full disclosure, for those who don't know, I'm a young lad uh, in this field <laughs> and uh, learning my ways as a young adult, and it's cool to say, hey, I. It, Literally, this is the biggest wrestling week in Chicago, at least in my opinion. Uh, Notwithstanding what AEW's done with, like, All In or All Out, I'm not taking anything away from them, but just in general, I feel like this is the biggest wrestling weekend we've had here in this city since WrestleMania 22. And I've never been to a Survivor Series before. I wasn't even born when the last Survivor Series was here, so (laughs) think about that. Wow. Yeah, that, that, that is big. So you're going to hit all four shows. So you are a strong representative for Tuesday yes, Wrestling Tuesday out there. As I, and by the way, I've told people, and I will continue to tell people, if you're going to any of the WWE shows this weekend in Chicago, uh, wherever you're listening to us from, or if you're going to the AEW show in the Sears Center the following week, I want you to take my fat face and I want you to put, bring it to the arena with you. I also want you to take the logo of Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday and, and take it with you. The first three people uh, that send me an email at uthpods at outlook.com or hit us on Twitter at WrestlingTWT, I got a special prize for you. Hey, we see all these other shows out there and holding up signs and all that. I want people to have something that says Wrestling TWT or Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday or Hooded Lopez TWT. Bring a yes. sign so we could see you. So, we could, again, the first three people, you will be hooked up with a prize from us. Our way of saying thanks for doing that to help us promote the show. Yeah, I'll be at the show, and I got good eyes. So if I know some wrestling TWT, I'll hit you guys up in person. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. That, you know what? That's even better. That's that's even better. I want people to um, I want people to, to help the show. I have no shame. I've got no shame. I, I want people, to, if they're going to go... Say, hey, I listened to Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday, and I'm going to let everybody in the WWE universe know. Or AEW, for that matter. Um, and by the way, there's still tickets available for some of these shows. Are you surprised by that? Not necessarily. Uh, I think a lot of the promotion when the tickets first came out was for those combo packs hoodie. And with this market, especially when it comes to WWE shows, I've been going to WWE events since I was five years old uh just from what i've noticed they always gone like last minute tickets i remember last year they had money in the bank here in chicago and they were like selling like 200 300 tickets i have a long story from that experience at money in the bank that i'll tell you off air but um yeah we, we, there's always people coming in last minute for these wwe events that, that's something. That's like El Paso, Texas. They they only rely on walk-up. They only come in the last minute. That's kind of weird how that works. Um, but at, at this point, Survivor Series on November 24th lists eight matches. Um, Survivor Series were virtually sold out at press time, uh, which, according to the Wrestling Observer, with a few ringside seats priced at $250 and up, the secondary market remains strong at $79 uh, is the get-in price, 910 tickets available when this came out earlier today as we record this here on Thursday night. So, interesting. All right, my friends, let's take a look. And people are waiting for our thoughts on AEW versus NXT. Uh, NXT won the night uh, this past Wednesday, and they had to because they hot-shotted the shit out of this show. <laughs> it, was just, it is just amazing, Josh. I, I've said this on, on previous shows you know, the, the advantage that the WWE has is they can go deep into the well, deep into the roster if they have to, in order to, to be able to grow an audience. And when you see Becky Lynch come out there for the opening, I'm like, oh, here we go. You They they dug deep into the well, top the roster, bottom the roster to try to beat um, the, the other brand, AEW. But it was good to see Becky Lynch out there and with a mixed reaction, by the way. I think that's more of a testament of how much people have grown to respect Shayna Baszler as a champion. Uh, I, w- I wasn't surprised by that. And interesting, when Becky was in NXT, I, I didn't think she was like the most popular, but then, like she was like the underdog babyface at that time when she was in that first stretch of the era of the NXT Women's Division. Uh, it was nice to see her. And I was mentioning this uh, earlier today in my podcast, Who's Podcast, um, whether you've liked this build towards the virus series or not, 
I'll give credit where credit's due. They've gone all out with this. No regrets. Like you're saying, there's hot shotting. There's major superstars in Orlando, Florida for this event uh, last night. And they're going all out with it with no regrets. <laughs> Whether it has to do with AEW or not, I don't know. Nor do I care because you felt the energy in that crowd last night throughout the entire show. No matter who was running in or whatever, it was just a fun night. I think the I think NXT also gave you a little taste of what the future can bring. Becky right. Lynch takes on Rhea Ripley, which I pop for because I'm a huge Ripley mark from her time in NXT UK. She's a star. She's not even 24 yet. She's She is going to be even better. And it was a no contest. And I'm okay with that as the finish because it was just a taste. Because you're not going to beat Rhea Ripley in that spot because she's a star. Becky Lynch could have... Becky Lynch could have went over, but it's okay that she didn't because either woman was not hurt by the match. So understand that there's going to be a ton of run-ins. It was like it was like watching a, sh- a program from 1989 with so many run-ins on these shows lately. Um, but I-, I thought that it was good for both women. Right, and you know, everybody talks about the rub. Got to get the rub, pal. <laughs> yeah. Here's this girl, 23 years old, like you mentioned, literally. Just came to the WWE about a year and a half ago. She was the NXT UK Women's Champion, and she's uh, in the ring in a multi-segment match with the woman who was the first ever to main event and win a main event of a WrestleMania match. That's a big deal. <laughs> uh, like you said, neither women were affected due to the fact that there wasn't a clear, decisive winner. But with the run-ins, I want to get your thoughts on this. I thought they did a good enough job at least to tie the other stuff that was going on from War Games. Yes, there were Raw and SmackDown superstars that interfered. Like, for example, the Ricochet-Matt Riddle match. I enjoyed that. Yes, Cesaro and Nakamura came out and a bunch of chaos happened. They also inserted Finn Balor because Matt Riddle is fighting Finn Balor this Saturday at War Games. So you got a little bit of everything that's going on this weekend on NXT last night. Yeah, what what's Cesaro's role in this weekend? What's he doing? That's a good question. I'm okay. sure you left something up in the kickoff show. No, no, well, no, well, 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 like, okay, so what? What's Zack Ryder? What? Where is he on the card? Is he is he wrestling? We could ask the same question. Where is Roman Reigns in Barry Corbin? But I'll say this though: that comes with the entire week. I'm sure Roman Reigns and Barry Corbin and all those other guys that weren't there last night. We'll get into it <laughs> tomorrow uh, night. It's a, no, it, it was just a disconnect for me. Like, uh, it was a disconnect because you're bringing people, first of all, <laughs> in these t shirt wars, and that's exactly what it is these t shirt wars yeah. with, with all these brands, right? So, <clears throat> why, why is Cesaro wearing a cap? That's so goofy, man. Like he's he is the Swiss Superman. He's wearing a cap. That's that is as bad as when Ultimate Warrior did it. When he in like in ninety, like they they checked him. They're like, okay, Ultimate Warrior, you're going out there, and he goes out there in a cap because he didn't want to get his um he didn't want to get hurt by Jerry Lawler, so he wore a cap. It's, it's so it's it's like like why are these people wearing caps? Why, why, why are they wearing like I can see it's a t-shirt war it's a, it's the worst version of the Warriors movie I've ever seen watching yes. these t-shirt wars <laughs> I, I just like like show me the people that's gonna be involved like I, I know maybe some were not in, not available but it's like man if, if Zack Ryder's gonna be in war games cool but I know he's not and neither Cesaro and Cesaro took a beating for no reason I I, I get what you're saying I agree to you I, I agree with you and Maybe Cesaro is just trying to show off, like, hey, I could fight in bra with the hat on without it falling off. I don't know. <laughs> so, so ridiculous, man. Like, take the hat off. <laughs> so goofy. Um, Matt Riddle and Ricochet. And, and again, I'll say it didn't hurt either one. I want to see more wins from Ricochet. I didn't like the finish. It was a little flat for me. But I, I would love to see that match, like, 20 minutes on that same platform again and for a redo for that match, because I know that they can really tear the house down. I think there's a possibility that could happen, because uh, during the Royal Rumble weekend uh, in January, they're not having a NXT takeover. There's a special called uh, Worlds Collide yeah. that they're doing before the Royal Rumble, and I think that's a possibility where you could have those type of matches, like how they were doing it last night. 
that's the place for it. And like, you could have Ricochet and Matt Riddle start off the show and have like a twenty-five minute barn burner or something, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, that's something, you know. Down the road, we gotta come up with like ideas for like cool matches that you can see for these like one-off specials and stuff. There's. This, that's the cool thing about the WWE roster that you keep mentioning. They could pluck anybody from any different brands, whatever they want on this NXT show to counterpoint whatever happens on Dynamite. Uh, like, you could have um, the Grizzled Young Veterans against Gargano and Champa. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I love that match. I love that. Already. You know what? I'm writing this down. I'm writing this down next to the best champs in the business topic that you want to bring up, too, in December. So, yes. so I am listening. So I'm writing. I'm writing it down because I have it here on my on my yellow pad here for ideas for our shows for topics. Um, so the undisputed era takes on the revival in a non-title match. Right. You know what, man? So here's what's funny. So I'm smiling while I'm watching this match, right? Because I'm thinking about the revival in particular. Um, Dash Wilder. Nah, Dash 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 Wilder is the one with the beard, right? Scott Dawson? Scott Dawson. Scott Dawson. So Scott Dawson has worked himself into a shoot. Yeah. Here's what, here's what I mean. Arn Anderson was just on his podcast recently and said, I hated my match with Ric Flair back in the mid-90s because I don't have any babyface moves. Like, which, which is true. Like, Arn has no, like, facials. Arn was just a straight-ahead heel. He didn't have any, any drop kicks. He didn't have any high-flying moves. And so so when I'm watching Dawson, right, and, like, I don't know who the heel, who the babyface is. That's fine. I like the match very much. But it's kind of funny. Like, you watch Wilder and Dawson. They have no babyface moves. Like, if you think the Undisputed Era are the heels in this, like, the Revival is like, you know, we just do what we do. We still are just, you know, ground and pound type dudes. It's kind of funny because there is no, like, come on, crowd, get behind me. Come on, get a, like, no, they're just straight ahead. It is kind of funny because these two have become the Anderson so much that they they can't be baby faces. (laughs) They got no no high-flying moves to be baby faces because that's what Arn said just recently. It's kind of funny. Well, there's a crutch right now in wrestling where these promotions feel like you need to do topes to elicit crowd reactions during these matches and segments. Uh, I, I talked last week, there's so many times, no matter if you have a baby face or a heel, they're not working towards the characters they have in the match. They're working towards to get pops from the crowd or people on social media. Right. And that could be a disconnect at times, especially for me. I mentioned it earlier a gazillion times, my thoughts on how AEW structured their taxi matches. But here's the example. <laughs> you have two he- general heel tag teams, right? And they're, you got the got the crowd chanting, fight forever, this is awesome. Uh, that type of match got Marlon Ronaldo in, in, in his element where he's not too over the top, but he has a really good professional wrestling call down the bell. And it, it, was, a, it was a blast. I, that's one of the best tag team matches I've seen this year so far. So classic. You know I love tag team wrestling, Josh. I just, I love those two. They can give me a best of seven. Please, with those two. Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And Triple H is listening. So I hope that he's listening to our ideas. Um, (laughs) They are listening, yes. (laughs) Just for me, they put Kaylee Ray, the NXT NXT UK women's champion on against Dakota Kai. I'm done with Dakota Kai for a while. That's enough. That's enough. She's been rammed down my throat for the last month. Okay. All right. Kaylee Ray was it got over, but that's not really the important part. The point is, is that the women's uh, the women attacked, uh, and so and that looks even more real and more interesting than the men actually when it comes to right. Survivor Series. Yeah, I I didn't know why Dakota Kai was in that match. It should have been one of the other competitors from uh, Team Ripley. And here's the thing, I really enjoyed that video package they have for that women's war games match. And then you have Dakota Kai come out there and then the match feels cold. The uh, Viking Raiders um, beat the Dark Order. I'm sorry, the Forgotten Sons. No, the and- good Dark Order. <laughs> <laughs> they're still, God almighty, I love you Triple H, but they just, they, they're just not over. They're just, uh, they've tried, Josh, they've tried. Yeah. They're just not over. 
I'm sorry. And and I thought that maybe if if you're going to give like your favorite Forgotten Sons match, it'll be this one against the Viking Raiders because it was so physical. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll say this. I, there's not a lot of times where uh, the fan of me comes out while I'm transcribing these shows because I'm paying attention to so, so many different things that I want to make sure I get all these boot downs right. Uh, when they were doing the the cartwheel thing where the the forgotten sons were cartwheeling yeah. and then Ivar did it. That, that one got me off my seat. I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> Man, those guys are so agile and I mean well it's it's wrestling, so the big guys are always gonna be agile. That's there are so few and far in between in my day. Um but you see it now, man. It's just like it's amazing to watch the Viking Raiders, how swift they are, how they're big guys, but they can do the things that cruiserweights can do. It's so great. Um, well, you wonder if like, a wrestler like Butch Reed in the past would do a cartwheel. <laughs> no. No, he, he'd beat your ass. That's what he would do. Yes. That's, a, that's his cartwheel. He'd send you in a cartwheel. Uh, oh, that's with, a good point. With one punch. He, he was a no-nonsense. Um, Adam Cole against uh, Dijakovic in the non-title ladder match. Right. You know, this is a this is a good match, Josh. Um, and, and it just, once again, it just accentuates the point of how good Adam Cole is. Big mm-hmm. guy, guy his size, somewhere in between. He could, you could tell Adam Cole could work with anybody, and and that loss for Dijakovic did not hurt him at all. Um, anytime that you are Adam Cole and you can put uh, almost a, a damn near seven footer in a Panama Sunrise, pretty right. pretty special. You know, a lot of times in sports, you talk about players that get on hot streaks and they are like legitimate MVP candidates, like a Lamar Jackson in the NFL. Uh, just countless players would go on and on to the college go home. But, like, Anna Cole, you can't say that he's not in the discussion for best wrestler of the year, you know. Especially on the run he's been on recently, just from a general performance point of view, this dude never fails. He's consistent. Uh, the the connection with his character and the audience still grows as the <laughs> weeks go on. I, I love watching him wrestle, and I, I hope – People don't take what Adam Cole is doing right now for granted because he's on a lot of these shows and maybe there's a little overexposure in ways, but <laughs> this dude's killing it and I love watching him perform every week. Please, God. Please, God. Don't put him on Raw and SmackDown. Please don't do it. He's He does everything that the WWE wants. He is a professional. He's great. The man, you don't want Vince to get a hold of him. Oh, my God. I'm just telling you, like, I, I think he's, I agree with you, but you just, Vince's, he's so tiny, and he's trying to be Shawn Michaels. Screw him! I, I get where you're coming from with that hoodie, but my counterpoint would be AJ Styles. Because there's a lot of people that said the same thing about AJ Styles, and this AJ Styles is not viewed as a mid-card guy. The students had a lot of opportunities, he had one world title reigns was he uh, like i know you've mentioned before that aj south wasn't a champion like john cena it was more like cm punk but still nonetheless it wasn't like it was just always the size thing and that he never was going to reach a certain ceiling my counterpoint is dolph ziggler uh uh sean spears oh that's really mean (laughs) that's that's, boy that's really mean hangman page that's mean. We'll get to them in just a moment. Um, but the the I saw, uh, uh, it's so good to see McIntyre in that spot, boy. At the end, yes. So you know, you know what they say about McIntyre. You know, he's got all the tools. I mean, he's he's gonna be champion one day. Anyway, um, that's another match I want to see: Drew McIntyre and Keith Lee. Well, that's if he goes to NXT, we could be able to see that. But you know, Drew McIntyre's got all the tools. How 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 long have you heard that? About a decade. Two stints. <laughs> I think I was still in high school when they were calling them the chosen ones. See, so yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. See, it just, and then of course, um, you know, it's good to see Seth Rollins in that spot. Um, people's chanting, "Seth, Seth's not cool. Seth is not cool." <laughs> so, so it's just interesting. But I, but hats off, and for for the our younger listeners that don't know what hot shotting is. Let me tell you something. What Hot Shotting is, what you've been seeing the last few weeks on all the shows, I wish WrestleMania had buildups like this. 
or, or you have the crossover. There's wrestlers on different shows. There's people interfering. There's people that, with uh, different T-shirts, and they're trying to trying to um, set, represent their brand. Going back to um, the days of the territories with superstar Bill Dundee. Dundee did this in Memphis a ton where he's like, oh, okay, we're going to have this guy come in. He's going to do this. He's going to do that. He's going to do this. And all of a sudden, and like every match was like that in Memphis when he had the book. And there's so, there's so many other wrestling promoters have done this in the past, the bookers, that have said, let's just hotshot the territory, meaning let's just throw everything against the wall. The most recent example of that, of course, would be Vince Russo in the WWF. Just throw everything against the wall to see what happens. And so that's what the WWE's done. And it's made it very exciting for sure. The thing is, is that after Survivor Series, does it go back to being just kind of like above average? Or do we see that same kind of action where someone slides underneath the ropes and like, you know what, let's go. That's, I mean, right. the WWE's needed this, Josh, for a long time. They're, they are hot-shotting the shit out of this. And it's fine, but don't lose the steam into Royal Rumble. Here's the thing, and you know this as well as I do. The most dangerous weapon in all of wrestling is the eraser. Yes. It doesn't matter what time of the year it is. It doesn't matter what big major show's coming up. That eraser could <laughs> literally take the sales out of any build that's going on. So uh, I agree with you. I would like to see more of a sense of urgency going into like Royal Rumble shows or like you said for WrestleMania. I wonder when we're going to get to the point where NXT's actually featured on WrestleMania. Maybe maybe people don't want that to happen because Vince McMahon is still structuring the shows and I get people's complaints from that point of view. It's either one of these days NXT gets involved in WrestleMania as the event or they have to come up with a, diff- a different name where NXT can have their show that's on a level of WrestleMania. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. A lot, by the way, do you know who uh, Team NXT is for Survivor Series? I have a good idea for the women's. Uh, there's a couple guys on the uh, on the men's match that I don't. I'm not sure. I I, I was listening to Triple H's uh, conference call uh, the other day for War Games, and he was talking about the last person for the men's War Game match is going to be revealed the day of War Games. So whoever shows up in that match, I think will definitely be part of Team NXT for the men's match. Uh, for the women's, it's going to be Rhea Ripley, uh, Bianca Belair, Io Shirai, Tegan Knox, and Mia Yim. Are you sure? Yes, that's my that's my my educated opinion. Not Nothing feeding off of uh, rumor or innuendos. That's just how I've been observing transcribing the shows. You don't think that's bullshit that they have not announced the NXT men's and women's, that's nonsense. Where I mean, how, how, how do you have a car? Not, maybe, listen, it, maybe to them it's like, well, it's going to be a surprise or whatever. But it's not a surprise if I know the, the roster. How, how, I mean, after all this time, you, all this, this hot shotting, everything that happened in NXT, which was ter- tremendous on Wednesday night, yeah. you can't give me an announcement? Can't tell me who's on the card? Can't do that? Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I, I The reason I was saying those women, because those women have been mostly featured every time they had a women's brawl with all the brands. So that, I, it, I, get, I get what you're saying, though. It's, it's not up to you to do that, though. That We should be talking about this and breaking it down and not having to wait for the WWE. That's yeah. bad. That's that's just that's just bad. It's just that, like, it's it reeks of WCW 2000. It does. After everything that they've gone through and all this that they've done, you should at least give the audience the the full card. Now I understand that they don't do that on every pay per view, every show that they do. But when it has, you have a. We're talking about teams on Survivor Series. <laughs> I mean, they, you, I see these things pop up on Twitter all the time, like when they had all the the teams of four, and you know who the team was, like for weeks right. on end. Mm-hmm. What are we waiting for? But we know who the, who's on the roster. Just announce it. Give it to me now, damn it. <laughs> Just like, well, I mean, like, you know, there's NXT's got a thousand secondary market tickets at 25 bucks. They're all waiting to find out who's on the, the women's team before they buy in. <laughs> so that just I, I don't understand that. That's I think that's poor on the on the part of the WWE. It just you we listen, what you just laid out is good booking. That makes sense to me. What are you waiting for? Yeah, you're, you're not gonna you're not gonna surprise anybody. 
And by the way, you can, if you're the WWE, as we talked about, Josh, you can do a run-in with someone from either Raw or SmackDown that we're not thinking about on NXT almost every week, and it'll be fresh. Right. Yeah, and it could be a run-in. It could be a special match. Um, and it can happen for multiple reasons, and I think that's the best thing that, that can happen for NXT is these shows go on for through the rest of the year. Um the last thing I wanted to mention really quick with the Survivor Series thing, I I do agree there is a there's a double edged sword that's been going on through this weekend with them obviously building not only Survivor Series but also building war games and you're getting into treachery waters where you forget you're forgetting certain important details for these feuds and stuff. And there, there's a lot of matches that I'm looking forward to, not only to seeing in person but also retranscribe when I get back. Yeah. <laughs> my, my schedule's gonna be... I'm not, I'm not getting any sleep, hoodie. I'm just keeping it 100. <laughs> I'm not sleeping at all this weekend. Because after I get done with all these shows, I'm gonna be re- doing those articles for ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. So, I, I, I do agree with what you're saying. Uh, especially with Survivor Series, maybe their excuse... I'm not making the excuse for them. Maybe yeah. their fallback excuse is the fact that none of these Survivor Series matches are the main event of that pay-per-view. Oh, that's so bad, boy. Are you? Are, are you? Am I calling you from Stanford, Connecticut, right now? Oh my! Yeah, it could be sooner or later. I'm not sure. With that, with, with that, with that answer, that sounds like the the area code is uh, from Stanford, Connecticut. For God's sakes, man! Did, did, did I just pull a uh, Bruce Pritchard on you? Pretty much. You just pretty much did. <laughs> It's, it, it's, the, it's, it's the equivalent of Bruce Pritchard saying, well, one day people are going to miss Michael Cole's voice on Monday Night Raw. Yeah, really? Um, I so, will subscribe to that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He actually said that on his podcast. Um, so uh, it, this has been my favorite NXT show in the AEW versus NXT era. Uh, because it reminded me of the old days of when you had the hot shot of ter- like yeah our our territory is flat we got to do something Watts did this superstar Billy um, Dundee did this Lawler did this in Memphis so territorially sometimes you need to have a spark and the WWE did a really good job of giving you the unexpected um, and by the way shout out to Mauro Ronaldo once again just running over his his um, teammates. Again on the broadcast, dude. How many times are you gonna cut off your your broadcast partners? God Almighty, man! I know you gotta get your shit in, but could you at least let Mrs. Copeland and let uh, Nigel McGinnis say their piece? He's cutting them off at every like one foot on the ladder for Dijakovic. Oh, sorry, but Dominic Dijakovic. Oh, he's got his foot on the ladder, dude. <laughs> Yeah, let Beth put over her husband, damn it. <laughs> yeah, you, 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 you heard that too. She had a yeah. story to tell, like my husband. All she was going to say was my husband, who's been in a lot of ladder matches, tells me it takes um, it takes years off your life in one of these matches. That's all oh, she's going to say. Jackson treated Adam Cole how people treat Popeye's chicken sandwiches. Right, exactly. <laughs> all right, so you heard that too. Like, why why are you cutting her off? She, had, she only speaks in sound bites anyway, and you can't wait 10 yeah. seconds for her to say her piece. He's a fucking bully. I'm 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 fired. I'm sorry. I'm fired up because <laughs> it's late. <laughs> so yeah, I'm fired up. Sorry, Josh. Um, hey, hey, on a positive note, we got uh, Yismani Grandall today. How about that? All right. Well, well the, the the White Sox are a separate podcast as we move on to AW Dynamite. And so here's what's fascinating. So I didn't know until I saw uh, the Jacksons' Twitter that Nick Jackson hadn't been in a singles match in almost four and a half years. So guess what? As for if you're a new viewer for AEW, that's that's new to you because you didn't know that Nick Jackson hasn't been in a singles match. I thought that was as good a match as was on that show. By the way, against Phoenix, that uh, I by the way I could see that a ton too. I, I, and with different finishes, I'd be glad to see that. That Nick Jackson looked fine as a singles in this match against uh, Ray Phoenix. Yeah, Nick and Ray Phoenix obviously have great chemistry with each other. Ray obviously with the number of times the Young Bucks have fought the Lucha Brothers. I had one issue with this hoodie, and I'll trace this back to what I saw on AEW Dark. So for those who don't know, they tape AEW Dark after every edition of Dynamite. So last week, and this is a storyline point that I have an issue with. 
Last week we saw Proud and Powerful, which is a horrible name, by the way. They powerbomb Matt Jackson through the stage, and they're doing this injury angle. Well, guess who shows up on AEW Dark this week in the main event? Matt Jackson. The day before Dynamite. Now, I get it. Well, Josh, it was taped the week before. But still, it's your programming. Why is Matt Jackson wrestling in a 15-minute tag team match literally an hour and a half ago getting powerbombed through the stage and uh, doing the injury ankle, and he's not even on the show this week? It was... Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure not a lot of people saw AEW Dark, but that really threw me off because you don't do an injury ankle and then have your wrestler compete on AEW Dark an hour later because you had nobody else to be on that show. See, that's fair. You smartened me up, you smartened me up on that because I told you I don't watch uh, AEW Dark. Uh, I, I, so you actually smartened me up on that. I did not know that. and But it's, it's typical of just trying to tie the loose ends and understand what you're doing here. Um, so I, but I, I like the match for what it was. Yeah, it was really good. Sheeta against Britt Baker. Britt still has to grow on me, man. I, I like, like, I know they want to push her as a star, and but I, I need to see more. And Sheeta being pushed by, you know, whoever, um, in the back. Um, I thought, you know, I thought it was a, it was a decent match. Um, I don't know if I need to let me up right there after Phoenix and Jackson, but I mean, it's fine. And I'll be, but I still need to see more of Britt Baker in more meaningful matches for me to think that she's really over. Well, I would actually like to hear Britt Baker talk more. Um, I don't know why AEW feels like they need to have 20, two 20-minute 20, 20 matches back-to-back on every Dynamite. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just some promos here and there. Uh, I don't know why we haven't seen Brandy Rose or Austin Kong on Dynamite. <laughs> besides cutting women's hairs off with nice, which <laughs> I didn't know you could do that on television, but <laughs> you learn something new every week. That's old school uh, right there, brother. Yes. Uh, Dula would be proud. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I like seeing Britt Baker, but there's also a feeling to me that she's being rammed out our throats. I don't know. I, the match was okay with, uh, Sheeta, um, did they say that was for a number one contenders match or was it just something to add to the win-loss record? I think it's just a win-loss record. I just think it was just a cold match, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, and keep in mind, and I'm not making excuses for AEW, I just know that this this is what it is. You got a thin roster. So there's yeah. going to be a lot of people. It's a thin roster, so it, it's hard to make new matches. They got to keep rolling talent in. And, and so that, you know, if I'm running AEW, I know I got a thin roster, right? But right. but I'm always signing people. At least I'm thinking I'm gonna I'm keep signing people. So almost every other week I'm I'm doing some video packages to tell you who's coming next week, who's coming next few weeks, or surprises. People that are are, are free agents that roll into AEW and they're doing either one offs or you've signed them. But you gotta have some surprise there. I know that they want people to be acclimated to the roster, but it's thin. It's a thin roster. Um, Let me ask you a question really quick. Are you going to call the Dark Orders hotline? I'm not calling the Dark Orders hotline. <laughs> Again, the, the Forgotten Sons Dark Order, not over. Not over. Still not explaining. That, I mean, it that took, was brutal Bob Evans. I, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Just like, I don't blame him. Get out of Ring of Honor. Jeez. Um... MJF and Hangman Page won the Dynamite Dozen Battle Royal. You don't see matches quite like this where you usually are looking for one winner in a battle royal, but this was to set up the match that's going to be in Chicago at the Sears Center. So MJF doing the the longtime old heel thing where you're on the floor, people forget about you for a while, and all of a sudden you come back and you screw uh, Jungle Boy. And yeah. you get MJF versus Hangman Page. I'm, I'm, I look forward to seeing what that matchup looks like. I like what they did. Originally, I thought it was going to be how usually TNA does it, where they've done the Battle Royal, then the Fonsu just end up with a regular pinfall or submission and just leave it like that cold. So I like that they saved it for something the following week. I think, uh, maybe it's a little early to say this, but I'm, I'm starting to wonder if the Sears Center is going to be AEW's uh, MSG. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, it should be. <laughs> well, it should, it should be. Well, well, I'll tell you what. Cicero Stadium in, in in Chicago is MLW's Madison Square Garden. 
Yep, I agree. So, so uh, listen, it's cost so much to even set up uh, an, an arena, I'm uh, sorry, to set up a ring to have matches in New York because yeah. of because it costs so much. So they come to Chicago, they get a, get a little bit of a break financially. They know that we're crazy in Chicago for wrestling, that in almost every venue that it'll be filled up, except when, uh, except when Ring of Honor comes here. And, uh, yeah. you know, but, but, but Josh, I mean, people are looking at this city. 2019 is a perfect example, right? There's all these shows, including, including Impact, which I was there for, standing room only, couldn't get another body in that, in that building. Same thing with AEW coming to Sears Center. That's the whole, you know, that's their building. Uh, and they're going to sell it out again. Um, as I mentioned, MLW, Shimmer always does well in Berwyn. Right. Uh, the, the WWE always does well here, no matter what the venue it is. So, yeah, I could, I could see it. It makes sense to me. I, I think it's a good thing, and I think you agree. And, okay, yes, we have a partial bias here, but... Just in general, if you look at the history of pro wrestling and where things are right now, Chicago's the best wrestling city in the entire world. And it's not oh, close. I don't know. <laughs> I would say so, yes. But then I'm older than you, so I've seen a lot of other shows uh, at Chicago. So it's it's always been supportive. I don't go back to uh, I don't go back to O'Connor and uh, and Buddy Rogers. <laughs> but, but, uh, what to, about Dick the Bruiser? Did you get to see him? I, I as a kid, I did see Dick the Bruiser at, okay. at Old Comiskey Park. Him and the Crusher. You know, today I was watching some old uh, Nick Bockwinkle promos. That guy was something else, man. <laughs> I know. I I know. Chris Jericho's mentioned before in the past as we're talking about AW that uh, Bockwinkle was a big influence on him in, in regards to heel promos. Uh that's my favorite wrestler. Oh really? Uh, you didn't know that? No, I didn't know that. You can't you can't you can't be on this show and not know my favorite pro wrestler of all time, <laughs> Nick uh, Bockwinkle, the man. I will. Uh, I, we will talk about that when we talk about best champions in the business. Um, so Chris Jericho cuts an in ring promo, and that's something that people are looking forward to because the numbers go up when Jericho's got a mic in his hand because they don't know what he's going to say. It's right. it, it, so now Jericho's just become like not only. You know, a heel, but also now somewhat of a funny heel, where yeah. where he's taking on Scorpio Sky. I knew this match would happen. I just didn't know this match would happen in Chicago next week. Because to me, if you're building Scorpio Sky, and I know they look at Sky as like uh, the next level, right in 2020. Yeah, I get that because he's the youngest guy in that SCU. I hope that this does not deter. AEW from coming going back to the well with this matchup again. Scorpio Sky could be a heavyweight champion in that company, but I hope that this is not a one-off because he's got the mic skills. He was very, very good. And it was going matching Jericho back and forth with the promo. It was very well done. I just hope that we're going to see this match again. Well, but of course, next week will be the test, but I, I think that this could be a main event for AEW in 2020 in the future. I, I agree with you, and like I mentioned for last week, I love watching Scorpio Sky wrestle, and him and Chris Jericho are going to rip it up next week. It's going to be a fun match to watch. Uh, I, I'm in agreement with you. I, I hope this is not just a one-off, and maybe they can do some stuff down the road, even if Chris Jericho is not the AEW world champion. Um, I, I'm hoping they don't cancel the Le Champion celebration <laughs> because you, we saw what Jericho did with the Festival of Friendship. Not only was that a great segment just for the comedy and the entertainment value, but he also got a big angle out of that. So I think this could be a good opportunity for AEW to capitalize on Jericho's creativity, obviously, because uh, anybody that listens to this podcast, Jericho broke down the creative for that original Festival of Friendship, and that's a good promo segment that Dynamite could use on television, especially for casual viewers. So I hope that's... I know they're fighting for the world title, and that's going to be the main event next week, but I do hope they do, they still do that championship celebration. I think they will. I think that that will be part of it because people enjoy Jericho. Listen, the two guys that are killing it the most in that company is Cody Rhodes and Jericho. Those those are the two that are the over the most, the most, because of their promo ability. Cody gets a great babyface reaction, a genuine babyface reaction, like Dusty back in the day. 
Jericho gets a reaction and there's there's others too but those two veterans get the most and so if if Jericho can be able to have a promo be and and wrestle the same night people will love it I just found it funny that Jericho is just openly saying that Indiana's a dump <laughs> well uh private party it was <laughs> <laughs> Poor Indianapolis. They could get the championship. They could get the championship celebration. Oh, well. By the way, shout out to that building. I didn't get official. I don't know if you got the official attendance number, but in that Indiana's Farmers Coliseum, that's the home of IUPUI uh, basketball. I I don't know what that looked, but it looked terrific on TV. And that place, oh, God, I don't know if I should say this. It's just not, it's not a great building. I think that they've done some renovations. I was there two years ago calling UIC Flames basketball, and it was so cold in there. I could see my breath doing the play-by-play. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> so, so maybe they've done some renovations, but it because it was, it, was, it was completely empty. It was like a January night, and it was like 10 below zero, and I drove from Chicago to call the game. And it was so cold in that building. I'm just like, and I saw AEW is going to be there. And I'm like, oh, hopefully. It's, but it looked full. It, it, or or the cameras made it look very, you know, made it look very interesting. Um, so it, That's it, not a good combination. Uh, in, uh, igloo and Indy. That's not a well. <laughs> that's not a good day. I feel sorry for you for that, that happened. I think, yeah, I think they've done some renovations in there. But I, I, I know when I was there a couple of years ago, that was not the great building. But you know what? It looked like it was a really nice crowd. I know they were loud and into it. Private yeah. Party defeated Santana and Ortiz via pinfall. Um, I think this was like a B minus match, B plus match. Here's why. They've got to be able to get the spots and the referees on the same page. Yep. Jesus, come on, man. There's some sloppiness to it. First, it overstayed its welcome. There was no number one contender spot on the line for it. That match was too long. <laughs> I I know they were fighting for reasons because uh, one of their friends that, that's a wrestler, Matt Travis, unfortunately passed away. Our condolences go out to his family. Yes. But... That match was way too long. <laughs> you can even tell the spots they were doing that the the, the flow was off. Uh, I understand in tag team wrestling that in and out tags and punches and stops are a thing, but like I keep mentioning, there's spots that that don't sus- uh, they don't sus- suspend my disbelief, and that's not a good thing. <laughs> yeah. When you're taking me out of your matches because there's no flow to it or rhyme or reason. I, what, what's the purpose for it? Well, it's a spot. It's a spot fest when private parties out there. Santana Ortiz are someone I take it that I take seriously. I think that that's a good tag team. They're, they're young yeah. too, though, but they still have both teams have room to grow. But but you got to get back. We got to harp on this referee thing because yeah. no other company, no other wrestling company in the history of our great sport talks about officials more so than AEW, and that is a Jim Ross edict. And, yep. it, and it, it, it's over the top now. Now, I don't want you to go to WWE where you ignore the officials like you don't know their name and you don't, yeah. you know, no, you don't have to do that. You don't have to go that far. But there's so much talk about the officiating. Here's something I learned about this match. Did you know that if we were tag team partners and I tagged you in, that you, ha- that you can only stay in there for 10 seconds until disqualification? Yeah, and the, you can hear it through the mics. I heard the ref say it multiple times. But wait, wait, you missed it. Ten, they, uh, Excalibur said you have 10 seconds to get out of the ring. When has that ever been in wrestling? If I tagged you in, it's five seconds. It's always, or am I wrong about that? Am I going crazy? It's always been no. five seconds. He said no, 10. He- well, here's the thing. This all started in Ring of Honor <laughs> uh, when the Young Bucks were down there where they had tag matches with the Briscoes where they're doing tag team brawls and uh, exchanges for 20 seconds and the referee's doing nothing. He's standing there like an idiot because the crowd's going nuts. Uh, why why are tag team matches you're allowed to be there in 10 seconds? It's it's dumb. Like, uh, well, that, it's that's, dumb. That's something I've never heard before in wrestling. Like, it's always been... I tag you in, Josh, and we do our tag team maneuver with a double elbow, whether it's a, a backdrop, flying drop kicks, whatever. But I right. got a five seconds to get out, right? 
He says 10. I'm like, when was it ever 10? See, see, see here, here's the thing. You can't keep talking about officiating and then do that. There's so many mistakes with some of the officials there. And, and what we're talking about is if you watch that match, there was a spot where one of the, I think it was Santana Ortiz was supposed to slide the official's leg out from underneath the the ropes when he was counting two, and, and, and the referee never slid out from underneath it. He was never grabbed. So he had to stop the two count, and the ref and their fans were like, well, what's going on? Why would you stop the count? There was no kick out. It should have been three. You cannot make your officials look stupid. I don't care what promotion is. You can't make them look stupid. I get it. There's stuff that happens with WWE where uh, – Weapons are involved, and there was that one time I remember uh, Bully Ray going on a rant about it on social media that they ended the match because the referee heard <laughs> a steel chair shot and not actually seen the chair shot. Yeah, uh, you cannot make your officials look stupid, especially for a company that's agenda is to make the wrestling look credible. You make your tag teams look dumb, and you make your officials look dumb. They're dying on the hill of referees and whether or not Justin Roberts says it's five or ten minutes left on time limits. Like, like you know, well, it's just... here's the thing. They don't even mic Justin Roberts good when, they, when he's doing the time limit call because I watch New Japan Pro Wrestling a lot and you can hear Abe, the ring announcer, every time, crystal clear how, many time, how, many, how much time is left in, in the match. <laughs> Sometimes I can't even notice if that's Justin Roberts talking. <laughs> there, there was one episode you can go back to one of the episodes where Justin Roberts is mic'd and he says five minutes, uh, five minutes gone by, and Jim Ross says, "What's that? What happened?" <laughs> I'm like, dude, this is what you wanted. This is what you put into the company. You don't even recognize what Justin Roberts. Okay, well, okay. Let me let let him because Jim and I. We have that's another conversation about Jim Ross. That's another show. Oh my god, <laughs> it's just like oh, oh boy. I love this call from uh, Justin Roberts. Weighing the twenty five ounces of vodka cranberry. <laughs> I don't know if the wrestlers are telling that to him. Yes, <laughs> for their interactions, or he made that up himself. No, he no no. They told him to do that. Okay. Uh, let me. Uh, I'm going to move on to this main event, but I'll just say okay. this. What the the AEW broadcast is the equivalent of Mike Breen, Jeff Van Gundy, and Mark Jackson, where oh, Jeff where, where Jeff Van Gundy would be doing play by play. Does that make yes. any sense? <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. John Moxley against Darby <laughs> Allen. Did you like this match? I did. I I think it was a match for Darby Allen to get over. Yeah, it was a nice showcase match for both of the guys. I, I it didn't overstay its welcome as the previous match we were talking about. And I, I enjoyed it. It was really good. Um, the entrance that Darby Allen had when he came out of the body bag and he still had the skateboard with him, I really liked that. And um, I, it was a good main event. I enjoyed that match. All right, my friends. So that is our, our look at AEW versus NXT. I know you have some thoughts about Impact Wrestling, and so do I. I've got a major problem with what's going on as of late. Here's the bummer when it comes to all of this. There's momentum going into Bound for Glory and this transition to Access TV, right? With their shows. There's general good wrestling matches that are going on. A lot of people enjoyed the storyline that was going on with uh, Sammy Callahan and Tessa Blanchard and Sammy Callahan and Brian Cage and Sammy Callahan in general. <laughs> uh, people are, I, I enjoyed a lot of the stuff they were doing with Ace Austin and uh, Eddie Edwards. Uh, the little love triangle thing uh, with uh, Alicia Edwards. I, I enjoyed that feud. And there was good wrestling. You know, you got guys like Michael Elgin and Moose and Rich Swan and all these talented wrestlers. Don't get me wrong. There's good wrestling matches every week on Impact. That's not my issue. There's a, a an agenda flaw that I'm, 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 I'm not enjoying with TNA, or my bad, Impact. I feel like there is some old TNA elements that are creeping back into the show, and I don't like it. Uh, there's the comedy stuff. Uh, they're doing this weird 80s throwback show uh, next week, uh, Throwback uh, Throwdown, which is going to be a couple days before Thanksgiving. Um, kind of like a spoof of South Paul Regional Wrestling. Um, I, I thought with them being on Axis TV hoodie that 
Impact would present more of a more serious product domestically, kind of like how it was in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Not that you couldn't implement comedy here and there in uh, serious promos and stuff, because Impact, before they went to uh, Access TV, they were always telling that this is the hardcore, edgy product, and this is for the Attitude Era fans, and you get weapon matches and this and that, but... There's something off. <laughs> like I said, I feel like there's old elements from TNA that's creeping back into the shows every week, and I haven't, I haven't enjoyed the episodes on Access TV so far. I, um, I'm really disappointed in in Impact Wrestling. I really am, and I understand that they want to be a um, something for everybody. Um, there are some elements of the Attitude Era for the WWE. There is. Some, as you mentioned, some old TNA back in there. Um, I'm disappointed because you're going backwards as a wrestling company. You're not going forwards. You're not. Right. And everybody that was anybody that was a wrestling guy, when Don Callis was just doing podcasts with Lance Storm and hear his ideas about the business, people said, oh, man, you know, Don Callis has got a great head for the business. Don Callis should be somebody's GM, should be somebody that should be in creative someplace. Don Callis is is one of the best guys on the mic as an announcer, there's no doubt. But yes. it's so disappointing to see Impact Wrestling go down this road. You can't grow this way. This this Tuesday show that they're going to do, this Impact Provin- Provincial Wrestling Federation, where they have all their, their wrestlers go into characters, different characters as if it's Halloween, is is so disappointing. That does not move your company forward. It's stupid. It is something that again you're going for bad comedy, and you're trying to to make each other laugh in the back, popping you know popping the truck, which is the a wrestling term. You know, say things that will pop the locker room, pop the truck, um, and, and you're not doing anything for me as a wrestling fan. And so it just. You're on Access TV, a better, a bigger platform, and you're doing this. Uh, they're going up. They're, I'm going to take them off my DVR right now as we speak. I'm serious. Yeah. Like I, I'll, I'll read ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. I'll read your thoughts on it, but I, there, I can't. I've sat through it since Bound for Glory, and there is, as you mentioned, terrific wrestlers and some great action. Um, but it's just too much bad comedy in there, which you don't need. And, and what you said about AEW and NXT is the same thing for Impact. Instead of bad comedy, instead of bad skits, instead of too, matches too long, promos, promos, promos gets the wrestler over. Those packages to explain the background of wrestlers, that gets over. I'm sorry it's not bad sketch comedy, but what you want is what is what uh, we have seen from Bellator and we see from the UFC. The UFC has a better wrestling show than wrestling shows do. Why? Yes. Because they've got the packages, they've got the promos, they've got the analysis, and then the in-cage fighting. Why can't wrestling do that? Why can't they do it? They don't do it. No, they don't do it. And here's the real shame. Uh, this Tuesday, they had a really good gauntlet match to uh, determine the, the number one contender for the Impact World title. And you had great performances from Rich Swan and Moose. And you got a lot of your talents over. And Tessa Blanchard uh, won. Yeah, it was predictable. Her and Sammy are going to finish their feud at Hard to Kill, which is going to be their first pay-per-view of 2020. And then just because it's Thanksgiving, these guys decide you want to take a step back and try to be South Paul Regional Wrestling because why the hell not? Because we need to uh, see Josh Matthews do a bad impression of 70s wrestling announcers because he's already a bad announcer as it is. <laughs> like, like I, I don't care that the show's at the Don Koloff Arena. It's a dumb concept. You have you're coming off the heels of a solid pay per view. You ha- you're on a new network, an actual network that's not Destination America or Pop. Uh, I know XCV is not the biggest network in all the landscape, but this is time to develop your current product, not to uh, do comedy sticks because you have nothing to do on a holiday. I mentioned this a couple weeks ago. Just because you have holiday season going around doesn't mean you could. Uh, float around and go through the motions. I agree with you, sir. I agree with you. I just, 
I just don't understand. Like, you have you have a nice stable of wrestlers. Let's learn about them. Let's do that. Let's learn about them. And here's the thing. Somebody listening to us think, thinking, oh, well, Hood wants world-class championship wrestling. Hood wants mid-Atlantic wrestling. I'm not saying that. Because I'm okay. I'm fine with wrestling in 2019. I'm fine with the in-ring action. I'm not behind the times. But what I'm saying is, as far as laying out, when you got two hours, when you really deserve one, quite frankly. But yes. since you have two hours, man, make the most of your time. Make the most of your time. You, when you do comedy of, of any of any sort, I don't care if you're Saturday Night Live, I don't care if you're a Netflix special, comedy of any time, everybody's not going to get it. Everybody's not going to get it. So, so why are you trying? There's no professional comedians working for Impact Wrestling. So why, why, so why can't you say, here's our wrestlers, we're going to go at this differently instead of stealing. And it, you actually are stealing from the WWE with that Southpaw wrestling thing. That's exactly what you're doing because you have you have no other ideas. You got nothing to show. You got nothing to explain to your audience. It just sucks. It's just bad. That's yeah, all. Here's another thing with Impact. You got a, a fantastic female wrestler as your uh, your knockout champion, Todd Valkyrie, and she's still running around with Johnny Bravo because uh, people can't move on the fact that Johnny Impact's no longer with Impact Wrestling. Get rid of the dude and let her be her own character. Yeah, she, I mean, she's over. <laughs> so, so. And, and, and now we're trying to pump up Trey Miguel's uh, mom as a hot chick because we got to do these that 70 show gimmicks backstage. Like, come on, man. Yeah, yeah, say you never watched that show. So now what's the audience supposed to think? See? It's, it's just you're, it's it, it is it is trying to cater to the audience of one, and maybe that's Callis's show, or maybe somebody else in the back. But it does nothing for the wrestlers. Do stuff for the wrestlers, for the company. Get it over. Tessa's over. Do more for her. More. So I, you know, whatever. Um. So I, I you're gonna have a really busy weekend. I might have to uh, call you. Uh, after Raw or after Smack or, or after Raw or on the on a Tuesday edition because you got a lot to talk about. You're going to tell us about the audience. You're going to tell us about everything that's going on uh, at the Allstead Arena since you're going to be there four t- four times in Rosemont. <laughs> it's going to be a good gauge and uh, of just sitting there with the audience and deserving things. Uh, just from the last couple of, uh, years of going to WWE, it's always like the crowd trying to. Uh, tired themselves out by chanting CM Punk like them rods before the show goes on air. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm going to, there's a thing, and I want to get your thoughts on this since you go to events too. There's certain times where you hear somebody, maybe they're not the hardcore fan like you and I, but how can a match be boring after 30 seconds? I was, I'm trying to remember which show I went to, and it was a good pay per view too. And I remember it was the one where CM Punk was fighting Chris Jericho. It was a payback show. And literally, maybe they just weren't a fan of that wrestler. And I can understand that. But how can you tell that a match is boring in 30 seconds? Yeah. <laughs> it's like little things when, when you're in the crowd. It's a totally different experience as it is watching it at home. You know that as well as I do. Yeah, um, just bad, when, bad, when, bad, bad fans. At the same time, when I'm going to a show, I just want to enjoy it. There's a lot of the times where I'm not really thinking about booking. I just want to enjoy the show for what it is. So this weekend's going to be a blast. I, I mentioned at the beginning of the show, this is like the biggest wrestling weekend in the city since WrestleMania 22. And uh, they got a great opportunity to deliver some awesome shows. Yeah, just bad fans everywhere you go. And not not right. everybody, but there's some that want. This is why. Why do you think wrestlers do flips in the first thirty seconds of matches? Just to keep right. people engaged, right? <laughs> Where, whereas me, old school, you can be in there for an hour. You don't have to leave the ring. It's fine with me. Right. <laughs> Just tell a story. That's all. So that's so that's me. Well, I I hope that you have a great time, and I look forward to your report, sir. We're gonna have to put you on earlier in the week to get more information. And don't forget, people, it's prowrestlingtranscriptions.com. It's prowrestlingtranscriptions.com. The Hoots Podcast is where you find Josh on Twitter. And as I mentioned before, if you're going to the AEW show at the Sears Center or any of the shows for the WWE for Survivor Series weekend, bring a sign. Something that says Wrestling TWT. Take my big fat face. Bring that out there too. Do that. I want you to do that. Or logo. The logo. The Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday logo. Carry it with you. Take it to the arena. Take a picture of it. 
and then send it to me at WrestlingTWT or email me, UTHpods at Outlook.com. The first three people, I got a special prize for you just to say thank you. Listen, I see these fat heads everywhere. Take my fat face. Put the, take me out there. That's right. I want to see that at the All State Arena. I want to see that happen. Yeah, we got enough LaGreca heads as it is. I, I love LaGreca, <laughs> by the way, but we need to get some Jay Hood heads out there. Yeah, I want people to know that we're doing wrestling. Uh, this is the best show for wrestling uh, podcast on ESPN 1000 and, of course, on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday podcast. Sir, have a great uh, time at the Allstate Arena, and uh, we'll get your reports next week. And don't forget, ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com is where you get all the information. All right, we'll talk again soon. Rosemont Horizon, here I come, baby. Can't wait. Thanks Ro- again, It's honey. not the Rosemont or- Oh, forget it. <laughs> <laughs> great to talk to Josh Lopez from ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. He's going to go to all the events for the WWE. Wow. He's a better man than me. Some announcements for you. Coming up on the 26th of November, I will interview AEW's own John Moxley. John Moxley will be on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday, so we'll get a chance to talk to him. Also, many of you are waiting for my Jim Cornette thoughts, and I didn't want to do it tonight. I want to wait until Friday when Jim Cornette's podcast comes out, because if you don't catch it, I'm going to play some thoughts from Jim Cornette on why he was he resigned or was fired by the NWA for his comments he made on NWA Power. I'm going to have a full podcast, a whole different podcast about that that's going to come down the pike on Friday, the 22nd of November. So, keep listening to Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. This is going to be this is a hell of a week. <laughs> this is a hell of a week. More wrestling content is coming your way this week. Uh, Jim Cornette is going to have his podcast. He's going to give his comments. So I'm going to give my official comments as someone who is a Jim Cornette fan, a fan of the Midnight Express. Uh, I will talk about it long form on the 22nd of November on a special podcast about Jim Cornette. But I want to hear his comments first before I give my thoughts about the um, cutting of the cord, the parting of the ways between Jim Cornette and um, the National Wrestling Alliance. All right, for Josh Lopez, it's Jonathan Hood. Thanks for listening to Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Hey, take a sign to Arena with you. Take the sign to Arena. Take my logo. Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday, take my logo. Take my big fat face. Take it to the Allstate Arena. Take it to the Sears Center or wherever you're at a wrestling show. Hey, send me that picture of you in the arena with that picture. Tell people that Jonathan Hood's talking wrestling. Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Put in Lopez right here on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Thanks for listening.